0: Today's episode of Shootcast is brought to you by our friends at Modus Operando Brewing. Based in Vale in Sydney's Northern Beaches, Bavaya's fine craft beer. Got an awesome brewery up there. Be sure to check them out or put an order in online and they'll deliver right to your door. Thank you to Modus for your ongoing support. Well, round one came over the weekend and boy, did it deliver. Awesome games right across the field. Really competitive. Um, some really high skill level even at this early start of the season. So... Quality is really high. Looking forward to talking about all the matches that took place on the weekend and casting our eye towards round two. Joining me on the podcast is again our resident guest, Paul Cook from Behind the Ruck. Be sure to uh, check out Behind the Ruck online, them uh, on Facebook, throw them a like and have a read. cookie has been doing some awesome previews of all 13 Shoot Shield clubs uh, for this year. So get on there, check it out, see what your team's up to this season. So much to talk about, so much action over the weekend, so good to be talking about footy. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to episode 11 of Shootcast. Um, didn't think it'd take eleven episodes to actually start talking about footy, but here we are. Cookie, 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 you here, mate? I'm here, mate. All good. Mate, it was um so nice to go out to the rugby on the weekend and actually watch teams playing for points,
1: wasn't it? Was it ever? Yeah. It was um It was kind of weird just, just rocking up and seeing people together and and people on a park kicking a footy. It was just like, you know, you'd be so used to not seeing that and not seeing crowds and not watching any sport and to, just to rock up live and get that buzz. And you could feel that in the crowd, um, just just a real buzz around the happiness to see some footy go around again. It was, it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't actually get to get out to any games on the weekend. I was in your neck of the woods, mate, your favourite uh, area of Mudgee, drinking all the wine that you've been raving about. So I, I only got my experience through the box. But it, it was a good experience, but it was also a good experience in Mudgee. Thank you for your tips out there, mate.
1: That's okay. You can uh, stand the case over whenever you're ready. <laughs> yeah. I have to say
0: one of the highlights from the weekend, because I was in the car driving around regional New South Wales, um, was clutch TV and the streaming of lower grades. Uh, I was doing a bit of um, driving with my wife and said she'd have to take the, uh, take the wheel there because I was watching... Uh, some of the lower-grade games, which is an awesome service.
1: Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't across that uh, as much because I was at the game, but um, following up for the afterwards. So they showed lower-grade games and Colts games. is it live? And then you could watch first-grade games on delay. Was that how it worked?
0: Yeah, so it was um, all the lower-grade games, all the action that was, was pretty much on uh, pre-first-grade kickoff. And obviously uh, – there's going to have to be a conversation we had around first grade and obviously it's very complex because of the rights at CRTV, which is totally understandable, but just feel like streaming's been that thing that Shoot Shield and Club Footy's been missing for a while. It was just, it's too good. Everyone's got a laptop, everyone's got a smartphone, um, it's just too accessible. I mean, will it deter people from going to the games? I guess that's a question, but it it's really opening up the game to a broader audience, you know, people out in the bush that really enjoy watching the footy, so for them to be able to flick on flick on the rugby, you know, interstate is is awesome. So I'm hoping um, that'll be a regular feature. Obviously, it will be. And, yeah, it was awesome. They could, they uploaded all the games for first grade the next day. So not too much of a delay, not too much of a drama. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing streaming maybe a subscription into the future of first grade if it could be worked out because it's such a, such a really cool feature um, for this season.
1: Yeah, I thought... Uh, well, there was a time where we thought that might be the only way we'd see some footy this year with no supporters. Thankfully, we've got a portion there. But, yeah, you're all for uh, anything else that spreads the love and gets as many games out there as possible without treading on copyright, et cetera, et cetera, is, uh, is a welcome addition.
0: Yeah, so because I wasn't at any of the games, what what was the feeling like with all the uh, restrictions that have been going on? Is it, was it a different sort of experience or was it still pretty normal but just um, taking caution?
1: Well, I headed down to Foreshore Park uh, for South B Eastwood and I think they were allowed around 900 to the game. Um, Mm -hmm. Felt like more than that. I don't know. Maybe, again, because you're you're conditioned to when you're watching the EPL and whatever and it's just these vast amphitheaters with no one in you, you're kind of used to no one being around. So when you suddenly get 900 people, it felt like about two or 3,000. But um, credit to Souths, I mean, it's – it's kind of a learning curve for everybody, things they've never had to deal with before, but you have to say the organisation that they try to put in place on the day um, seem to achieve the, the desired effect. They, they certainly want for lack of trying. You had social distancing upon entry into the queues. You filtered out temperatures taken, then uh, enforced use of hand sanitizer before you mark down your details, then use the hand sanitizer again. You had COVID-19 marshals wandering around, the ground, trying to make sure people are doing the right thing. I know uh, South President Ken Mackay was was a busy bee all day trying to do that. Um, I think generally it, it, it seemed to work. You had the stickers on the on the seats telling people where to go and people a lot of people put their chairs, sat up on the hill, stayed apart. As with everything, I guess, the um, book bearer of mine is is it's it's the human race that seems to let us down at times. It's, a, it's ourselves because no matter how much you tell people, how much you... See how bad this thing's been on the television. It still doesn't seem to stop people from failing to observe certain etiquette, like don't stand within two meters or don't shake hands, whenever possible. Because you want to shake hands, you then don't shake fifteen other people's hands, and and, and so on and so on. It's it's very difficult because a lot of the people haven't been at the footy for a long time. You catch up with friends you haven't seen. Maybe you only see these people at the footy. It's totally understandable. I made. The mistake a couple of times and had to correct myself and quickly go and use hand sanitizer. It seems like a simple thing, but elbow bumps are the way to go if we really want to knock this on the head and stop any potential risk. It's a pain in the backside, but you just got to try and do it because you say it's, it's too important not to lose.
0: Yeah, mate, totally agree. And everyone's just got to take uh, you know that individual responsibility and just uh, work together because, as you know, everything's on a knife edge, and the more we can do. Um, to comply with what needs to be done, you know, the better off we're going to be. Let's start talking about some of those games um, from the weekend. I uh, might just run quickly through the results. So TV game up at Pitwater Rugby Park, uh, Ringer hosting uni, Ringer 27 uni got the chocolates 36. Uh, the game you're at down at Foreshore South with an impressive win over Eastwood, 34-19. to 19. Uh, at Manly Oval, uh, the Marlins ran at 28-5 uh, victors over the Western Sydney Two Blues. Um, over at Dromoyne Oval, the picturesque Dromoyne Oval, I'm hearing great reviews about the people at the game there. That it was an awesome uh, facility. Uh, the Pirates went down to Norse 3-32. Uh, 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 there's plenty to talk about in that game. Uh, Gordon and East over at Chatswood, another really good game. The Stags, too good at home. Um, 35 over uh, Eastern Suburbs, uh, 24. And uh, rounding out the uh, fixtures for the weekend, uh, the Wicks um, took down the newcomers, Hunter Wildfires, 50-7 to seven at Coogee. So um, plenty of action to talk about. We might start uh, with the TV game. Did, did you get a chance to have a, have a look at that game uh, on the weekend, the TV match,
1: uh, the grand final rematch of the last couple of years? Rats and cook. you watched that one, mate? I haven't, unfortunately, had the time to yet this week with uh, the work's been a punish, but um, no, it's it's there, ready to watch. Hopefully I'll get to watch that before the weekend, but um, by all accounts was it was a cracking, cracking game and a great advertisement for the game as we expected it was, would be. Well,
0: it was a cracking game, but you're no good to me if you can't talk about it. So thankfully I've uh, reached out to um, a friend, uh, a friend that you know, the flying fullback uh, from Moringa. Premiership winner twenty seventeen, Dave Felch here. Uh, It's going to join me on the line. Why don't we just give Felch a quick call? Hello, it's Dave Felch. It's Burjo, mate. How are you? Good, Berjo.
2: How are you?
0: Good, buddy. Thanks for uh, volunteering to be the sideline reporter at Pittwater Rugby Park for me. So easy, mate. Happy to be involved. Wonderful, buddy. Felch, mate, you were there on Saturday. What were your observations uh, of round one for the Rats and uh, taking on uh, their big rivals at the moment, Sydney Uni? What are your reflections and uh, takeaways from the game, mate? Well, first
2: of all, Hagrid's good to put it back. Mm. Uh, it was a great afternoon on the hill in the sun. Uh, a couple of the, you know, the hillbillies and the lower graders are praising the opposition's um, rugby union ability, badly. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, No, it was great to be back, mate. It was an excellent, excellent first-round game. Obviously, a a repeat of last year's grand final was always going to be good. I think so, will see how the teams would deal with the double pre-seasons and and the stunted return to to the competition. But no, it was a really great game of footy. Uh, Both sides were a little bit clunky at times, but uh, at the end of the day, uni were, were, I guess, too professional, too dominant and um, probably took, took... Took their opportunities, took points from when they had their opportunities in
0: the back and half more so than the Rats did. Yeah, that was my observation too. from From watching it on the box, and it was a um, it was a really good, uh, really good watch on TV. And full credit to the CRTV guys; it was a really good broadcast. And um, you're right. I think for a first up hit up, you couldn't really ask for much more. The the game had um, had everything, it had lots of lots of intensity, lots of physicality. Two two packs really going at each other and. There's some big momentum shifts. I sort of thought on that sixty-minute mark when uh, Uni got the yellow card. Rats were gonna gonna get home. You sort of had the same feeling up that way. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think
2: I think um, teams are dominant in, in, in spaces, and I think Uni dominated probably the first half hour. The Rats probably the next thirty, and then and then Uni. Doing what Uni do and um, being very professional and polished at the end, and, and, just, and just kind of grinding out a win. Um, I thought there was a few momentum shifts as you were alluding to. One was when uh, Nick Champion, one of the most city Uni names to, to ever play for the Uni, uh, was carded, and we had, a, we had a full arm penalty in front of a front of the post and went for a couple of scrum resets. Mm. And personally, personally, I think it was the right option at the time. Um, yeah. Obviously, it would have been a different game going up by four and, and having uni not be able to potentially take some penalties when they did. But that was a, for me. That was a big game-changing momentum shift that we weren't able to get any
0: points from from that um, that attacking five-meter scrum from under the post. Yeah, the scrum started a little shaky for the rats, but then it got back on top quite, quite obviously. It was it was funny watching that change, wasn't it? Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. It's, uh, it's either a very dominant
2: uni scrum or or, um, or or the other way around. But yeah, it kind of went in waves
0: as well. Yeah, what are some of your um, some of your views and some of the some of the new rats? I really thought the Walm um, and Tupu combination started to take shape on the weekend, particularly in attack. They look like they. Could be uh, could be a pretty good duo, huh? Hey? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie tupo has been very
2: unlucky with injuries um, through his through his career over the last few years, hamstring and the injuries mainly. So would love to see a healthy Tupo because um yeah, he was very explosive on the weekend. The lower graders did find a, a brand new cult hero in Mungo Mungo Mason, uh, another mm. Scottish import to the right I thought he was everywhere. I thought he was phenomenal. Love hit and
0: spin. Um, throwing his body into a lot of contact. Um, yeah, he was great. Of, yeah, yeah, pretty good shoes of back
2: rowers who um, who have vacated the club recently, and, and people
0: like Tom Connor, McLean, Jones, and, and Boyd Killingworth. So um, I thought I thought Mungo was was my uh, best on ground for the Ruddy's, that's for sure. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He he was everywhere, and um, it was you are right about the occasion. Looked like a looked like a pretty typical day up at Rat Park. I know we have got some restrictions, and I'm sure there was. Uh, Lots going on off the screen, but seeing uh, Daz and the Hillbillies uh, in, in full voice was good, although Daz looked a uh, very solemn man at full time on national television with his green beard. I think he even shed a tear, the poor bugger. Oh, he's, he's an emotional man, old Daz, but, um, yeah. He had a bad the, week um, of sport, Daz, because the Roosters went yeah, down. The, Roosters the lost as well. I'm sure he'll bounce back this weekend. Yeah, look, the, uh, the
2: Ringer staff took a great day and put on a job, given the... um environment and the restrictions and obviously satisfying the requirements where possible. The um, authorities did a couple of laps during the day so I think they were quite happy on the day Or although I, I understand that there's, there's further um, tightening of restrictions just to make sure that we're satisfying those requirements for the next home game but all in all a really good day um, down there mate, just good to have a have footy back and a sunny, sunny afternoon to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, you're gonna have we're gonna to have to work really hard with these restrictions because um, you know TV is so good for the comp, but in a pandemic maybe it's not the best the best thing. <laughs> yeah, and look and look, we, the low graders
2: are up at the scoreboard there, so we can still see the, the particularly hillbilly hill from side on. And look, there was um, there was generous gaps between the groups, but yeah. as I said to, to a couple of punters on Saturday, uh, the hillbillies all related anyway, so they're allowed to sit in big groups. So. Um, Let's, let's
0: see how we go next time. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you... Uh, I know it's only round one, but given it's only a 13-win competition, you really got to get moving. What What are your sort of takeaways here? It's a it's a big win for uni, isn't it? I mean, they haven't won up at Rat Park since 2016. They go home uh, with the road and cut They're already looking pretty ominous, you'd think. Yeah, look, it's, it's,
2: it's pretty hard to judge, as you said, from round one. But that's that's a big win for uni. Good thing for us is that we hope we don't have to play them again until uh, until finals. Mm. Um, but yeah, very hard to tell. But yeah, they they certainly look very polished, very professional. They had a lot of they had a lot of bench bench strength, which which is obviously going to be important in this comp. Um, I was just saying to semi Wilman yesterday. You know, if someone's out for four to six weeks with an injury, that's half the competition. You, you might be missing one of your big stars for. So mm. that depth's really going to be important. Um, but yeah, certainly strong start
0: to the comp. Yeah, and rats. Um, they've got to got rebound pretty quickly because just looking at their opening four weeks, they've got Uni at home, they've got Ramick away, who are looking, you know, stronger than previous seasons. Then they'll have East and Gordon. So it's a it's a tough start for the Rats. Obviously, they'll get some some better fixtures to come, but um, obviously keen to get going up at uh, Pitwater, mate. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely a big, big start, and you, you don't really
2: want to go two or three
0: down in
2: those first four. So. Um, yeah look I'm, I'm backing our boys to to bounce back this weekend but as you said there's um there's some really quality opposition coming up so hoping we can start to build some momentum into those those middle rounds because as you said you know blink, blink and you'll miss it this uh, this comp will be over pretty quick so can't get off to
0: too poor a start so hoping the boys bounce back. Yeah, totally agree mate. now you having a run around still? Yeah, mate um, run around at first and third this
2: will uh, this will definitely be my my last hurrah so, Happy that it's a shortened season, even more shortened with um, a few of the teams not being able to field third graders, so I'll have a good extra rest for the, this old body, but mate, uh, 2020 will be my last last go-round, and then I'll be joining guys joining on the hill with, uh, with a
0: hillbilly lanyard and a flannel on, and, and um, yeah, get, getting into that side of things. Oh mate, I'm sure you'll take it like a, a duck to water up there, mate. Felch, appreciate you uh, tuning in, I know you're going to be a regular fixt- fixture as the uh, season uh, takes shape, so... Uh, Mate, we'll have a chat with you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having us on, Cheers, buddy.
1: Mate, how great is it to be able to call the Felch up at uh, Ringer Cookie? Mate, Felch is a good man. i thoroughly enjoyed talking to him back in the day. with a flying fullback for the Rats. And, yeah, great to have somebody on board who knows what they're on about.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And hopefully we get uh, Dave back on with a bit more regularity throughout this season. One player that uh, escaped a mention there was Tom House. I thought he had a really good game at 10 for the Rats, obviously, uh, didn't go their way, but uh, no, through no fault of time, I thought he had a really sound game at 5'8". So life after Hamish Angus uh, may be okay uh, for the Rats. And obviously, I think they've still got good depth there with Atwater, etc. So, um, yeah, looking okay. And I'm sure both teams will take a fair bit away from that from the weekend. Uh, you were able to also, even though you didn't see the match yet, you got a couple quite some coaches uh, from the day?
1: Yeah, I sort of did the round the grounds uh, at the weekend, just following up on some of the results, just to sort of get some of the reaction from uh, as many coaches as I could. And Uni co head coach Michael Hodge, uh, who's obviously on board this year with Joe Horn Smith, taken over from Robert Taylor. He was, he was really happy with the effort and the outcome on Saturday, especially considering the average age of that Uni side. There are only two players in the starting lineup from last year's grand final. Um, he felt it certainly wasn't a perfect performance and the Rats did well to upset Uni's flow but they showed great composure and calmness in the final quarter when they were under the pump and that um, all the hard work they put in during isolation really paid off in that closing 15 minutes he also felt the bench were enormous in helping that and that any win at Rat Park is a special one particularly when you come away with a Sir Roden Cutler shield
0: yeah, it, it was a big uh, first up win for Unio. So we said with uh, Dave, obviously first win up there since 2016. Um, but yeah, that's interesting to note the age of that side and given not as many players playing, um, you know, from, from last season, it particularly from the grand final side, but it just goes to show the strength of the university DNA and their playing style and and they still managed to get that cohesion. You know, obviously these guys are playing similar patterns and styles from, from Colts level footy, so it's... It's pretty seamless, isn't
1: it? There's a lot of guys. You look at the team show I mean, he's right when he said only two starting players from the grand final. There's a lot of players who are in and around that mix who played first grade last year. Mm. Um, and you yeah, James Kane come off the bench, who's a pretty handy guy, I think he's starting this week. But um yeah, it's it's they, they work together as as a as a group of grades and they've got a mantra and they and they all know what they're doing. It's they're largely interchangeable. So The next guy coming up knows exactly what he's doing. If he's injured, the next guy coming up knows it and so on and so on. So that's a potent mix. That's no matter having two fledgling head coaches in there, um, still be pretty hard to see them faltering in any dramatic way this year. And and Saturday's result maybe showed that.
0: Yeah, the use of the bench is interesting comments. Uh, It's become much more common now to see first-grade sides with fresh players. Uh, It's something that's always struck a chord with the – Maybe the older brigade in the shoot shield scene, who just obviously believe you pick your best 15 in first and second grader. I think it's just starting to move a little bit more towards that match day 23. I think game of footy is pretty critical having those fresh legs at the back end of game. So a lot of uh, a lot of coaches using the, the bench as best they can. I don't think clubs are picking full fresh benches, but they're at least maybe picking three, four, five players. So it's, it's pretty critical, isn't
1: it? Yeah. I mean, that's something that I remember to you and McKenzie was at the forefront of doing it at the Waratahs back in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and saying then this game is going to shift with the attrition and physicality so you've got to you've got to pick twenty three, and and that mm. whole thing about replacements instead of reserves came in, and you know your, your finishes as Eddie Jones calls them that they're, they're not as important in the closing stages of a game as those people have started. So it's definitely trending that way, and you can see that those teams that have the better depth. Uh, and get a lucky run of injuries throughout the season are probably going to benefit in that way as well.
0: Yeah, I think so. Matt, why don't we take our focus uh, from Rat Park down to Foreshore where you had a pretty close eye on
1: proceedings? I did. So, uh, yeah, time poor as usual. I haven't had a chance to knock this into a match report, but you can can find out most of it here. So uh, I'll give you a a distillation of the game. Um, Certainly two willing teams that threw the kitchen sink at it and, Considering the long layoff and the lack of contact work, the physicality was certainly there from the office some brutal hits across the park. Um, mm. The woods started well and crossed first and would have had another if it wasn't for some starchy goal-line defence from the Rebels, Apaola Tialama to the four on that count. But as the game was the home side that started to call the shots and enjoy the lion's share of possession, a situation that wasn't arrested by some sloppy execution and poor discipline from the woods. Uh, a little 1st phase try from a line out got them level before prop James Whalen sniped through for a second. Eastwood hit back with a decent finish down the side on us and tidy work from fly-half-tain Edmed to make it 14-12 at the break, but South went up a gear after the restart and a converted try and penalty from Christian Kagiasis had them up 24-12 on the hour, helped in part by a yellow card for debutant and former NRL player Tim Simona for a high shot. However, mm. the front frame of Fabian Goodall then did some damage to the visitors, get them back within a score. The winger blasting a path through several Rebels and sending returning number nine, Matt Gonzalez, away on his inside for the line and a five-point deficit at 24-19. The introduction of the impressive Chris Bell, who they picked up from subbies, really opened up Eastwood's attacking options and looked like it might be the catalyst for a late comeback. But It was the hosts who kicked for home. Everywhere man, Harry McLennan, grabbing his second in the match with 15 minutes to go. And when Bell was sent to the bin, attempting an intercept but pinged for a knockdown instead. They rubber-stamped an opening day victory from a line-out drive finished off by replacement hooker Liam Dwyer, much to the delight of the South lower graders on the hill. If Christian Kagiassi had his shooting boots on, he converted four of his nine kicks at the posts, then the margin may have been wider, but you'd forgive a normally reliable kicker like Kagi the odd off day and he had a fine game around the park. South's new loose forward Phil Potgetter impressed on debut. He was everywhere. Uh, while Michael Isley gave a few examples of why so highly rated by the Woodies, with one terrific surge at the sideline in the first half, and Knox Mulyufi was a handful as usual. But the standout to my eyes and a player with a very big future was centre Nathan Lawson. Converted from a six or eight last season, he was an imposing presence in the 13 jersey with a brilliant defensive shift. He's going to be an exciting player to watch progress.
0: Hmm. Mate, that's an incredible analysis. I'm going to have to call that the Cook Report moving forward. <laughs> call It I felt like I was reading the uh, behind the ruck playbook, mate. It's uh, just trying to absorb all that information at once. But I'm going to summarise. That's a pretty impressive day out for South. So I, you know, obviously saw them in the trials. It was really hard to get a gauge on them, but they've they've flown
1: out of the box, blocks, haven't they? Well, certainly have, and that's. Uh... A lot of what they talked about in pre-season, if you go about the season previews, um, with Todd Loud and you know a few glimpses of the fitness, physicality, and flexibility across the park that he promised to bring. That like, he felt mm-hmm. they put a lot of what they'd been working on out on the park, but there was a lot of work to do execution-wise, um, and he was really pleased with how the team stepped up in the absence of Marcus Carboni, the skipper, who I should, I should talk about because. The only negative on the day was the sight of uh, the South Skipper leaving the field in the first half hour. He's come back from a knee reconstruction. And mm-hmm. the tragic news is that the Boner has suffered another rupture to the same ACL and faces another lengthy rehab, which is about as unfair as it gets. So we wish Boner all the best and a full and speedy recovery. I know we'll still be around to cheer on the boys. And I'm sure he has plenty of off in the sheds as a well-respected leader of that group.
0: Yeah, it's a real shame for Marcus. He's a great servant for club rugby and a really good player. And uh, yeah, it's just a really cruel blow. There were a couple of cruel blows on the weekend in other teams. But, um,
1: yeah, that's uh, that really sucks. And scratch wise if you look at Eastwood, I mean, conceded 16 turnovers, mm. and been penalties and only won 75% of lineout ball. And head coach Ben Batcher was understandably less infused by his team's performance. He thought on the rare occasions they held the ball, they looked good and scored some points. But the... Smouched, uh, South just played a smarter game. Um, mm. After a promising opening 15 minutes, he was disappointed they failed to build any real pressure after that, saying they didn't go beyond three phases in the opposition 22 for the rest of the game. And all in all, they played some pretty dumb football all around.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, um, Southern move into a bye next week, so they'll be pretty happy to sort of rest themselves up and get going again. They got Penrith after that, so. Uh, they're going to be looking up the sort of oh, and the two blues after that. So you've got to think they're going to be right in the mix after a few rounds. You would have thought. Um, obviously, much sterner test to come. But um, not knocking over Eastwood first week uh, is, is a pretty pretty good start um, for sure. Rugby Park might be a very difficult place uh, to go again. It's always a pretty pretty hard place to play away. But um, under um uh, stewardship, the the Rebels are yelling well and truly, aren't they?
1: Yeah, he, he, he wasn't sure if a bar was a good or a bad thing because you come off mm-hmm. a win like that, you know, momentum's pretty strong. and Maybe you don't want to put these guys uh, in ice in for a week. But convers- Probably not, no. Yeah, you know, conversely, it could be to your benefit that you get to sit and watch the rest of the comp and work on a few more things. But certainly, we talked about with pre-season, with there being five, six less games this year, mm-hmm. I was in round one, how important that victory could be against a fellow top six challenger, come the point at the end of the season, those those wins are going to be pivotal.
0: Mm. Oh, well, great start for Souths. Um, I've uh, had a really good look, obviously, at the Manly game. I uh, took on Western Sydney uh, down at Manly Oval. Uh, I thought it was um, really competitive. So uh, sorry, Western Sydney had an enormous um, pack. Mm. Um, must have been one of the biggest packs I've seen in the comp for a while. The, Prop down there must have been 160-odd kilos. He was absolutely enormous. Um, so was his counterpart. So were the second rowers. Um, they sat down for the first scrum, and, you know, if, if you look at Mythbusters or something like that, <laughs> is, is it weight versus technique or, or whatever, but oh, weight won the day. The first couple of scrums, um, you know, Western City really gave it to the, to the Marlins pack, and, you know, that sort of um, shocked them into action a little bit. Um, Western Sydney were really giving it to Manly. Uh, had a lot of a lot of field possessions, really tight. they um, just couldn't get over the line, and Manly, I think, got an early penalty goal. Then they kept kept them at bay. They 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 did well. Um, but they were just under consistent pressure at set piece. Um, some really strong runners. Number fourteen uh, for Western Sydney. I don't have his name right here, but he was just dynamic. So it was it was it was a really impressive showing from Western Sydney, but. Manly just sort of sort of got on top. Max Douglas had a very good game, Back road did as well. Berglin had a good game, I thought. Uh, Matt Adam Creera, so a couple of the Manly mainstays um, went really well. So um, yeah, it was it was a grinding win though. They they really had to uh, had to, to to buy their time. Um, Douglas got a try out wide in the first half, and then uh, with Manly sort of. Struggling with ideas a little bit, they took a quick tap from their twenty-two and scored a lovely try uh, about eighty metres um, in the grandstand quarter. And then second half, uh, Douglas scored again from the back of a scrum, and they had to wait until after full time um, for their fourth try bonus point. And I think that was a really critical moment uh, for the season. Even though it's that point and its first week, um, it was critical I think to get the five points, and and they did it. So look. Uh, Certainly not a performance to, to write home about. It was pretty clunky in many respects, but you know what? Can you expect round one? I think they'll be pretty happy just to get the result. And uh, but they've obviously had a really big week ahead this week with training because they've got City University on Saturday, so the test is coming.
1: Mate, right, that's, that's that's almost out like there. I might have to call that the Burjo report. <laughs> just okay, you can do a burjo report every week on the Marlins. that would be great. But uh,
0: okay,
1: yeah, the the I spoke to uh, well caught up with Manly head coach Matt McGold he, he just felt that the Marlins did what they needed to on the day um, mm. I say round one tick a box get over and done with thanks for coming but off the back of a crazy week where I think they lost Jimmy Onson in the last minute of training on the Thursday yeah and obviously Sam Lane um, I can't believe because you we- put the mocker on him last week mate. I know yeah um, he lost him in the first five minutes so was it a dislocated shoulder yeah. yeah yeah
0: Sam had a shoulder injury last year and Sort of thought of rehab at early off season, and uh, unfortunately hasn't hasn't really um, served him well enough, and he succumbed again. So looking like it's it's season over for Sam, I think. But obviously, won't say that too early. Obviously, hoping to get better scans and see if he can get back on the field. But yeah, real shame. But um, got to be a big shout out to BJ Hartman. Uh, he's a bit of a veteran down there at the Marlins. He played a full game of reserve grade and came on to first grade after ten minutes. Played really well. And um, he's been rewarded with that um, performance, and he's been picked again in first grade at fly half. Obviously, more accustomed to his, to fall back in his career, but a little bit older, maybe a half a yard slower, and a uh, bit more experience. So, uh, really looking forward to seeing how BJ continues uh, guiding the team around.
1: Mate, you talked about the the two blue scrum and uh, oh. coach Joel Rivers was a frustrated figure by contrast. So he, he felt his side should have scored twice in the first 20 minutes and had the upper hand. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think he did the two Blues racked up five tight heads in the first half alone. So for an old prop like Joe, that would have been manner from heaven. But um, he did say that he thought some refereeing decisions hurt them, a little bit, particularly Yellow Card, which he wasn't sure about, a couple of trials in the second half, which would pull back the touchy. And they're on the wrong end of an 18-8 penalty count, but... While the school on didn't look great, and he was proud of the team. He feels they'll be much better for it moving forward.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't like not naming players, and it's pretty ordinary to just call someone number fourteen. But De La Vusa, uh Parramatta winger, was just everywhere. Just a really strong runner. He was. Um, he was awesome and, and backed up the forwards. But I think uh, Parramatta just needs to uh, obviously take those opportunities and turn that pressure into points, mm. uh, whether it's, you know, between the sticks or, or over the try line But um, they did get themselves into a platform to score. But, you know, uh, it was some good signs out of Western Sydney. And um, I get manly, I'm probably hoping that that scrum gives some other teams some headaches. I'm sure it's going to. It's it's a monster. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how... how
1: um, how those respective seasons keep going. Um, we well, saw like there, mate. They were lucky that they didn't have to deal with uh, Tafu Pallotta Now who came off the bench in second grade. So uh, mate, he played in fourth grade too. He won the. He scored the winning try.
0: He scored the winning try in fourth grade. So now, um, mate, my young, my young mate was on the wing. There's a photo of Taf just launching into this poor bloke, and he's um, Tommy Crispy. He got his body in front of him, but uh, uh, 90 test caps and. You know, an international oh. <laughs> career oh. <laughs> wasn't enough for poor Tommy to hold him out, but Taft scored the winner for the Parramatta Fours and uh, I think we'll be seeing him after 3
1: o'clock at some stage this year, you'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah, well, he's, he's on the bench again for twos this week. So, look, firstly, welcome back, Taft. Great to see him running around. And if we can, can see him back in the shoot shield the next few weeks, it'd be, be fantastic. Great guy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Um We'll head on over to Dremoyne Oval. Um, I'm hearing great things from the people that were at Dremoyne in terms of what a great ground it is. Great to see it back in the competition, and um, everyone was absolutely loving it. I talked to a couple of mates at Norse, and they thought it was awesome. Um, interesting game this one. I've I've watched most of it. I've I've sort of flicked through it. Obviously, trying to get through as much footy as I can this week. Um, it was a really tight affair. Uh, up until about the, uh, well, sorry, it was, a, it was a tight affair right the way through. Uh, but before before we get to sort of that stage of the game, it was 6-3, I think, to Norse. And then West Harbour received a red card uh, around the 30-minute mark. Yeah. Um, to West credit, they only conceded one try. It was 11-3. And I was watching the Clutch TV and it's it was 11-3 in the 77th minute by Clutch TV. But I think that was a couple minutes slow. So maybe it was 75 minutes um, and then Norse simply finished with three or maybe four four tries in the last 15 minutes or three tries in the last five, all converted. Um, so West did well to hang in there. Uh, looking at the red card, incident, I've had a look at it a couple of times, like pretty clear, a uh, bit of a swinging arm to the head. So uh, I'm sure um, Fending players had a time to, to think that one over, much to Goodo's uh, disappointment.
1: Uh, but, yeah, did you have, have a quick look at this and get any comments or, or your reflections on that one? Yeah, I've got some comments. So apologies first. I think I said last week uh, that North's head coach, R was back from his COVID-in stay staying his in, but my intel was clearly wrong. He, he was still there as of last week. So one of his assistants, Zach Beer, stood in and uh, mm-hmm. he was reasonably pleased with the performance, I guess as you would be with a 32-3 win away at one of the, the Smokies. Um, yeah. He admitted they couldn't shake West Sox fully until the last 20 minutes before they kicked away, as you said, and there's mm-hmm. still plenty for them to improve. And what he was most happy with, as most coaches would be, was the no-try shutout at the other end. Um, yeah. I guess keeping a an nominally attacking outfit like West, particularly with the electric Rod Davis on the wing, to no tries is an impressive statement from the Shawman's defence. Conversely, mm. uh, Pirates head coach Mark Goodmanson felt his charges were really good in parts and maybe got a bit of a bad deal on the day across the board, but thought they did some really good things that they're looking to take forward into the TV game against East this weekend. Um mm. You look at the stats, I mean, I was going to mention with Manly and Tublers, I guess they'll have been putting in some work on the line out this week after 61% success rate in this game. And I guess it's all well and good having a gun back line, but you've got to be winning enough set-piece ball for them to do something with it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's what they'll, they'll be be looking towards. Uh, Norse have got uh, Penrith this week, Penrith's first game. And um, West Harbour, obviously, on TV against East. They used to be really hungry. So that that should be a really good watch, Um this weekend, but, um, yeah, probably not the way West wanted to get this season underway. It's, you know, red cards are a real shame, but, you know, they're just going to have to uh, get on with it. And, um, yeah, Norse, as you say, be, be pretty happy um, with their game. Any any sort of players that stood out for you from the Norse? I, I kind of um, like the look of uh, that uh, number seven Haven Fellows. He's good player. He's played some good footy
1: last year too, I thought. I think it's Charlie Jevons fellows. He came through. Jevons fellows, yeah. From Colt, yeah, yeah. They got big raps on him.
0: Yeah, no, I, I thought he went really well. I thought um, former Manly uh, flanker uh, Hamopo yeah. uh, was good in the wide channels, um, and yeah, I think um, Mao and um, and Russell were really good. They had some 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 really good games against. So, uh,
1: Dave Henneway, I think that'd be a game I mentioned to him. Hamopo, Mao, and Dave Henneway is quite pleased with so. Uh, it's good to see them. I mean, like we talked about, a bit of a change in the garden North. they have lost a few places, mm. but um, guys have seem to have seamlessly come in and, and bought straight away into what they're doing. If you look at the, the set pieces, 100% line out and scrum.
0: so mm. they,
1: They're customarily well drilled as we've become used to, to seeing north in recent years, so um, keep an eye on them.
0: Yeah, and Duffy and Sinclair, 9-10, You know they've got some, some good combinations through the spine, so... Yeah, it's, um, it's probably exciting for Norse, you know, next next gen coming through. So we'll see what happens there. Um, head over to Chatswood, mm. Gordon and East. Uh, Stags uh, with a big win um, over Eastern and Suburbs. I watched um, the opening half. I thought Gordon were awesome in the first 30. Uh, Goddard at nine uh, was really, really sharp. So uh, good things from the Stags, I thought. Uh, Vilano, um Tarsi, they all, they look they look very impressive. You, you get a chance to have a look at this one?
1: I just just started. That's one of the ones I'm hopefully going to try and watch tonight or tomorrow morning. Um, looking at the, as you said, the first half, Gordon, we're about 20-odd points mm. ahead of East domination. He's, he's hit back. I um, think it's four yeah, tries. you catch-up a- all game, Ace. Yeah. They finished four tries apiece, and the boot of fly half Rodney, I own as a former Brumby, was, well, the real difference here is he went six from six with three conversions and three penalties, and he's, 15 points, saw him finish as the leading point scorer of the opening round, I think. But um, talking to DC, Darren Coleman, um, friend of the show, this fixture last year spelt the end of Gordon's hopes of finals footy, so he couldn't help but make a comparison between the two measures, uh, to the two matches as a measure of the progress his side is making. Pointing out, they led East by 13 to 12 minutes to go in that game last year and lost. which mm-hmm. year they won, and that's maybe a sign of the team's belief what they may be we able to do this year. He felt the first 30 minutes of fast, error-free footy would have been hard to handle for any team. Uh, the challenge now is to keep working and playing at that speed and quality for longer. And he gave a special mention to Jack Margin, Brandon Fava, Eli, if that's correct, Reese Brody, and, as you mentioned, Mahi Valana, who's a uh, who's just dominant.
0: Yeah, Valono uh, had a really good game. Jaleen Graham's looking like he's really back in form too. I know he had an injury last year, but uh, wow. yeah, Gordon's got a got a good side. You can't can't deny it. they're clearly well coached. Great brains trust uh, on the coaching panel. Um, look at the Super Rugby sides too. Enough you know, this season keeps going. You got a couple of Waratahs centres and a, and a breakaway. They they could be could be right in the mix. Gordon, come the pointy end. I think a lot of people now got them pushing up. And interesting, look, I'm not a betting man, but uh, I've seen some some people show me the odds. Gordon are right up there with uni, university's favourites. So there you go. The secret's out on the stags. <laughs> well,
1: I guess we, we talked about that. It's, uh, you said the coaching think tank they've got there with DC. Obviously, he's already got a premiership under the belt, knows how to get them done. Bring mm. Melrose on on board with his, uh, his attacking now. So if you think over the weekend, Gordon carried for over 500 metres in this match, which is more than any other side except Ramwick. And they've had seventeen clean breaks and forty-six defenders beaten. So they're not going to die wandering this season. By comparison for East's forty-six missed tackles maybe tells its own story. So they have to bounce back and quickly.
0: They do. Obviously West uh West Harbor this weekend at home. Um that they'll be disappointed with their first out showing they they did mount a pretty good comeback, but um Gordon were just too good on the day. So uh with a bit of work to do coming into this weekend, but um, I'm sure they'll be looking at Saturday as a chance to redeem themselves. Mm. All right, um, final game of the round uh, was over at Coogee. I've um, had a little flip through this game. ramik just a little bit too polished for our friends at the Hunter Wildfires in their first game uh, in the Shoot Shield.
1: Well, have you done any work this week? You just seem to see, have <laughs> seen every game. I need to... Uh... I need to have a few more days off to catch up. Um, well, you yeah, know,
0: I've just been <laughs> – sure. mate, the football's been terrible. Well, yeah, I have to concede our uh, football. You've taught
1: them to finish oh, well the game. Game. what a shame. Mind the gap. Um, look, the baptism of wildfire for the boys from the Hunter, conceding eight tries to a Ramwick team surprisingly led around the park by former King Catchpole medal winner Dave Horwitz, who – wasn't listed as an in when we did the season, season previous. No, I Had did a, see him back in the tie. That's well, exciting for me. Yeah. Well, he hasn't returned to Ireland where he was playing for Connor under former Brumbies head coach Andy Friend. And as Wicks mm. coach Benny McCormack understated, he's a good addition. So, <laughs> oh,
0: bloody hell. Sure, that's very understated.
1: Interesting. When he won the catchpole medal, he was playing at 12 for most of the season with Deegan at 10. So now he's got the 10 jersey. Um, we'll see how he goes, and all four of their sevens recruits got a run out as well. With Henry Hutchison and Lockie Miller both starting and crossing the chalk, and mm. Peach and Morris Longbottom coming off the bench. Longbottom actually started second grade at scrum half, so that's a nod to his ball playing abilities in the 15 side game. Mm. Um, speaking of Benny, afterwards he felt that both Hutchison and Miller played well. The team as a whole had played really well in patches, but was most pleased by the impact off the bench. There's a theme here. Um, he also gave a nod of approval to the Wildfire saying they showed plenty of tick and thought they'd be in the contest for most weeks. And if you look at the visitors' discipline in particular, given they would have been under a lot of pressure across the 80 minutes, they only conceded one more penalty than Ramwick who had mm. to sent to the bin. So that's a big tick in the discipline box for coach Bubba Coleman and something for them to build on against Eastwood this weekend.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think every week's going to be a learning experience for uh, Hunter in this um Maiden season, but uh, it's interesting that those sevens guys crossing the chalk. The sevens players they really are superior athletes. They go through such an intensive, um, intensive training environment, and uh, they're a huge addition. If, if Ramey can get those players long term, which they're going to this season, because let's face it, not going to be much sevens happening this year. Um, they could be a real threat if they get their forwards happening and those backs unleash and players like Horwitz in the inside backs. Um, Roundwick, again, uh, could be in their best position for a while. Just talking about those last two games, Gordon East, Roundwick Hunter, um, I'm hearing there was a bit of a coaches uh, gathering uh, post-game at a um, pretty famous watering hole over that side of the bridge and um, all four uh, were treated to a, to a pretty long evening where the uh, the winning coaches were treated to... Uh, High number of uh, rounds of beer um, by the losing coaches. So that's good
1: to see. That's, that's good to see
0: the camaraderie existing there.
1: Bubba was buying for his older brother, was he?
0: Basically. I know. Well, Bubba was buying, Why would he, for, he
1: would
0: buying for Benny. Yeah. And I think uh, Paulie was buying for DC. Oh, well, I've
1: been pleased about that. And they don't get the chance to uh, to return the favour because they only play each other once unless they both they'll make the finals. But um, Oh,
0: well, they've taken advantage of it nicely. It's awesome to hear the... Uh, the great camaraderie between the coaches at the Shoot Shield level. So, mate, that's the uh, that's the games from the weekend. What have we got ahead of us this week? I'm just looking at um, the wonderful Fuse Sport app. We've got uh, TV game, Eastern Suburbs and West Harbour. That's going to be a really big game for both sides coming off uh, opening around loss. Hmm. Um, then we've got um, Hunter taking on Eastwood, uh, first game up at, Newcastle Sports Ground, that'll be a good watch, won't
1: it? That'll be great. I, mean, I hope as many people as allowed can, can get out for that one and they can put in a good showing. But uh, cause I think there's it's been a lot of buzz around that area. Um, so it's a chance for, for those people to get out and, and watch them shoot Shield footy and cheer on their, their local hero. So uh, let's hope they go well.
0: Yeah, let's hope the uh, Hunter community and, and the Newcastle area get right behind the team. And I know uh, a few guys, we're talking to a few guys, are really looking forward to uh, getting out and supporting the wildfires. So... Be great to hear how that all goes down. Um, Chatswood Oval again this week, Gordon and the two Blues. Gordon will be looking to keep momentum, you would have thought, Cookie.
1: Yeah, that could be an interesting battle in the scrums because we remember Gordon did a pretty good job of ringer in the trial a couple of weeks ago. Um, I doubt they'd have taken a backward step, and you talked about the two Blues dominance there at times over the Marlins. So that could be an interesting battle up front, I think. It's not uh, It's not looking too rosy on the weather front for the weekend, so it possibly may be a bit breezy or a bit of, bit of wet weather. That might condition the way those games are played. You'd probably think um, Gordon would be looking at going back-to-back, but two blues are going to be better for last week, and if it becomes a, a war of attrition, that might bring them uh, closer to the, the contest.
0: Yeah, I did hear about this weather forecast. It, um, I think, fingers crossed, it's meant to be coming... Uh afternoon, evening. Hopefully it pushes out towards the evening. It'd be nice seeing some some dry weather footy. But, look, if it's a game of the elements, that's that's what rugby was made to be. So uh, we'll just have to uh, – players will have to adapt accordingly. Um, over at university, I'll be there on Saturday. City Uni taking on the Marlins. Uh, that should be an interesting matchup. Did um, Coach Hodge give any sort of uh, foresight on my gold to this one coming up on the weekend?
1: I will just uh, Hodgie just mentioned it. They've only made one change to start in fifteen this week, which was in course, one James Kane coming in for Matthew Hood after the winger suffered a, sh- a shoulder injury. But um, he's expecting a physical and experienced manly pack to come out firing on Saturday, and they'll probably be a little bit more confident after they actually won at Camperdown last year. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, with the weather looking potentially ominous, he's expecting a big battle up front. It should be it should be a cracker. Should be a good
0: game. Yeah, Manly did get a win over there at uh, during the regular season. They didn't win their final game, but University teams were a bit stronger towards the end of the year. But they had an awesome win there last season. Manly's had some success there. They've also had some some of the wrath of Uni. So it'll be interesting. I, I think um, yeah, Manly be well up for it, but but so will University. So uh, should be an absolute cracker out there at uh, University number two. Um, and then uh, Norse uh, taking on Penrith, and Penrith's first hit out
1: for twenty twenty. Yeah, welcome back the Emus. Uh, we wish them well on what's a big day for the club to be back playing this comp again. We're not too sure what we're going to get from them. We've, have finally seen a team list. Um, none of the players seemed to trigger any memories for, from myself of, of being around other ship clubs because it's been kind of bit cloak and dagger. Not sure who they've got or who they haven't got, but uh, we wish them all the best and hope that. Um, yeah, they they can they can be competitive as possible on on the day. It's going to be a hard game. Norths can put thirty two on Wests, then uh, you'd you think they they'd be ripe to try and put up a score. But uh, we all hope that that's not the case, and um, Penrith can really cause some upsets this season.
0: Here, here. Uh, Final game of the round is over at Coogee. Really interesting game this one. Uh, Ramwick, uh, coming off that opening win against Hunter. Taking on the wounded rats after their big tussle with University, um, this should be a very interesting game, don't you think, Cookie?
1: Well, up there with uh, well, they're all interesting games, I guess. But well, up there with East West and, and Uni Manly's game of the round, you'd say. And mm. Warringah, you can't really afford too many back-to-back losses in this in this shortened comp. So they weren't far off against against Uni. Two, they go zero two. That's a bit more problematic. Um, you wonder, it's that age-old thing about whether you're battle-hardened because Ramwick will come in off what was seemingly a fairly comfortable uh, victory over Hunter by the scoreboard. Are they yep. back already? Whereas Wringer, Wringer have had that intensity first. up. They might be better off for that. So that might be a telling point, at least in the first half hour maybe. But yeah. Um, a really intriguing battle would be uh, Benny McCormack going up against some of these old Ringer guys, so I'll we'll have a bit of insight there. But um, mm. that would be a great watch.
0: Yeah, I'll be looking forward to watching the replay on that one, but it um, should be a really interesting game. And you're right about, uh, you know, perceived first round, whether, you know, the hitouts were as strong as each other and Ringer will be, right in the uh right in the intenseness of, of that university clash so Ramick will be have to be up to speed pretty quick and they'll be very willing. So um yeah, great games again this weekend. Have you decided where you might be headed on Saturday, mate? Well, this is the thing,
1: I was I was probably gonna to go to uni v Manly, but
0: um You now got a ticket?
1: Now no you're going. I haven't got a ticket but hopefully the, the uh the media oh yes uh, thing will, will come through for me. Uh, fingers crossed but um yeah i don't know if we should both get the same game we should, maybe we should just avoid each other to uh, or at least I'll, I'll, I'll try and get a chance to see a couple more videos before we talk next week it, each week's going to be different depending on my shift so some weeks i'll have watched through four games some weeks i might have only watched one but um all right well, look if i see you at university i'll, I'll come and say hi yeah and, sure, uh, I'm, still <laughs> for, I'm still waiting for my case of mo
0: okay we'll I'll bring that on the weekend and uh well, mate, that's okay. You know, we'll just have to watch more games uh, during the week, won't we?
1: Yeah, yeah. any excuse. All the while, to be pleased. <laughs> All right, Cookie.
0: Thanks for uh, chatting, mate. Have a uh, have a lovely evening and I'll see you on the weekend.
1: Mate, just a quick shout-out before I go, please, to uh, just one out to SWR Sport Radio, um, who will have their broadcast team at Cujo for that will ring a Clash on Saturday. I think they've got Julian Dawes, the host, and they've got Andrew Swain, who we know from... From Fox and Channel 7 doing the call along with former Eastern Uni hooker Tom Culican, So give them a listen. Uh, they're trying to spread the word and uh, advertise the shoot shield as well. So that's great. And also, just personally, to, to anyone who clicked on the Behind the Rock Re- website in the last couple of weeks and read the season previews, um, the response then has been fantastic. And, and with one week left in July, I've already wrapped up my best month in terms of numbers since I started the website back in 2017. So if there's anyone out there, preferably with a rugby connection, that wouldn't mind their company logo being seen 10,000 times a month, please get in touch.
0: Lovely, Cookie, mate. You're, becoming a, you're a big dog out there, mate, in the shoot shield space. <laughs> Look at <laughs> this. They're coming to you. They're looking for opportunity. But uh, that sounds great, the uh, radio call from Kuji uh, Swaney on the call. So uh, tune in, get your sports ears out, and, Cookie, I'll see you at the rugby. I'll see you there, mate. Good on you.